Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now, let's hear some faith-building teaching from our pastors. There are so many things that God has done and working, and when you begin to just hear Him that way, it, it, we want to continue with that. Testimonies are powerful. Having His Word work and become applicable and a useful place in your life. When the family got together, and well, the four guys, and they, they said, we're going to bring this guy to Jesus. And they, they fought through the crowd and put him through the roof. That was really the act of intercession. They so wanted to help their friend. They so wanted to be there and get him close to Jesus. And some of us have done that in some ways. Some of us have tried to push through roofs to get to people. But it's that place of hearing. Jesus is here if we could just get him close. But in the end... He had to take up his bed. When Jesus said to him, the guys didn't come and pick it up for him. And that's the careful place. That Jesus' presence is enough to stir the heart, to hear the forgiveness. And then when he says, get up, to do it. To take up that bed and go. But that man had to do it. He had to do it, amen. He had to do it. I think this is a good place. Oh, I, should, I should bring my Bible up with me. <laughs> well, you're all seated have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6, please. Bruce was right. Amen. <laughs> Talking of a little bit about intercession today. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. Praise the Lord. Now, I know this is going to sound a little bit funny, but I'd like all of us to read the scripture out loud. I know we all don't have the same translation. I understand that. So it'll sound a little muddled at first. But I'd like all of us to read verse 18 together and all out loud. All right. Are you ready? Okay. One, two, three, read. Pray at all times, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty. And to that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance, interceding in behalf of all the saints, God's consecrated people. How do you know who has the Amplified Translation? <laughs> eh? Yeah. But look at what it says here. Pray at all times. And then Amplified adds in, on every occasion, in every season, in the spirit, with all kinds of prayer, all manner of prayer and entreaty. And there is a place for us to be continually in prayer. And, and you heard Pastor Neil mention that today. I was praying at the office, but I was also praying at home. And then I was praying here. There's a place. I mean, you, you have to converse with people. So, and you have to do work sometimes that, that requires your attention. So... We understand that you can't do that 24-7, but there's an attitude of continual prayer. And if you're thinking of prayer as a list of things that you have to pray out, like I got to pray this scripture, then I got to do this, and you got to, then it becomes very burdensome and weary. But if you're, if you know that prayer is fellowship with the Father, and you're talking with Him, then prayer is not a burden at all. It's conversation with God. It's talking with Him. So there's a place where we can pray at all times and at every occasion, but not just with our own understanding, 
but also in the Spirit. And it says here specifically, pray at all times in the Spirit with all kinds of prayer and entreaty. To that end, keep alert and watch with strong purpose and perseverance. There's a place where we need to be aware and not just going by rote, but be aware of what we're praying. Have a conscious faith behind what it is that we're praying. Interceding and in behalf of all of the saints. And that's the point that I want to get to today. Interceding on behalf of all of the saints. We all have our needs and things that we need prayer for. But it is a much greater place as a believer to pray for the needs of other people. And I believe it's a good, healthy place as a Christian when you are more taken up with the prayer needs of others than you are of your own. It's a good, healthy place because you have confidence in God that He meets your needs and looks after you. And so now you can busy yourself with praying for other people and taking up their, their case before God, their situation. There are things that in your life, we, this is a terminology we use in the world, like people have their own blind spots. Do you understand what I mean by that? That there are things that are hindrances or difficulties or weaknesses in your own life that you don't see. You're blind to them, blind spots. You know, like when you're driving and you have a blind spot and you go to make a, you turn into the next lane over and realize that there was somebody that was there and you quickly jerk the wheel back and stay in your own lane. You're like, oh, you didn't see them. You checked your mirrors, you kind of did the shoulder check, but for whatever reason, they were in your blind spot. So it was there, but you couldn't see it. And in the same way, when it comes to praying for yourself, there are things that you don't see, you don't know. Now, they're there, but you don't see and you don't know. And so, even when you're praying for yourself, there's a certain limitation from a natural standpoint in moving forward. But you see, when you start to pray for others, and your focus is not on you, but on other people, God can open your eyes to see those things that helps other people get past the blind spots in their own lives. And when we go to pray for other people... There's a place of praying for other people where we don't just pray what we want for them. We pray what God wants for them. Amen. You know, and we don't just pray. There are circumstances and things that, deal, that people deal with every day, right? You can, I'm sure you can think of right now people in your circle of influence in your life, and you can think of things that need to change and things that, whether they know it or not, whether there are issues, there are things going on. And you can pray just from a natural standpoint and based on what your eye sees. And you can go to verses in, in the Bible and, and find verses for that and pray with your understanding in that way. And that's a good thing to do, and we should be doing that, praying for others based on what the Scriptures say. But there's also things going on in their lives that you don't know anything about. But, you know, we're not limited as believers in praying for others even when we don't know what's going on in their life. I'm speaking specifically about their spiritual condition. Another way you could say that is, where are they at with God? That's another way you could say that. Where are they at with God? What's going on in their lives? Sometimes, I mean, you, you can't discern that with your eye. You can look and things seem to be okay. They seem to be doing good. They have a smile on their face. But that might not be what's going on inside. You see, God sees what's going on on the inside. He knows what's happening. I, I was very pleased to hear Bruce come up and give that testimony this morning because it illustrates how God can lead us in prayer. There's no way that Bruce could know the guy's an engineer unless he was wearing a shirt that says, I'm an engineer. <laughs> right? There's no way he can know that. I've had a similar thing happen to me, actually, and it had to do with engineering, actually. <laughs> and uh, I was painting one day. I was outside painting a house. We're in a townhouse complex, and there's some guy over there at the end of the block, and he was washing his car. And I'm painting away, and I'm, you know, listening to good biblical teaching. And I was just, and it kept getting, my attention kept getting drawn to him. And I kept getting drawn to him, and I looked over at him, and all of a sudden I heard this, he's an engineer. And I went, that's nice. And I continued <laughs> to paint. I, I thought, what, 
what am I going to do? I didn't want to be weird and awkward to walk up to him and say, excuse me, are you an engineer? I just thought that would, I just was not comfortable with that. But you see, the thing is, I was working pretty fast, so I was moving the ladder along. And next thing, and he's taking his time washing his car. Next thing you know, I'm relatively close to where he is. So I get down off the ladder, and we're make, he starts making conversation with me. So we're just chatting a little bit. I didn't say anything, except he starts talking. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a railroad engineer, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And I went, okay. I heard from the Lord. But it was confirmation to me that even when you're busy doing stuff, if your heart is towards God, you can hear him talking to you, and he can reveal those things and show you those things. And there is a purpose in that. You know? And so when we go to intercede for one another... He can do the same thing there. He can, he, you go and you hold up your brother and sister before the Lord and say, Lord, I know what their life is like from my, what I see with my eye, but you see their heart, and I'm just praying for them. And you might run out of things to pray. You can, there's some great verses in the Bible, but you might run out of some things that you understand to pray, and that's where tongues comes in. And you can pray in other tongues and, and pray and believe that God hears what you're saying for them. And in that place, he might tell you something. He might give you one word for them. He might not. But whether he does or not doesn't change the fact that he hears you when you pray. And God can do wonderful things in the lives of other people. You see, when you start praying spiritually, you're dealing with the root of the problem or the root of the issue. Right? And again, I'm not just talking about problems, but you're dealing with the root. Because a spiritual condition of a person is what influences their thoughts and their emotions and their desires and begins to play itself out in their life. And, I mean, there are people that, I mean, they could be sitting and smiling on the front row, but backslidden in their heart at church. I'm not picking on the front row here. I'm just saying. Right? You can't tell just by what's going on on the outside. But God knows the condition of people when they, when they pray. That, that condition is important because when we get together, for example, here and we go to worship God, there are certain things that come out. We like to praise God. We like to worship God. There are things that we like to pray. There are things that come from that place of where each individual is joined together spiritually, and that condition makes a difference. And We're very blessed here, and I thoroughly enjoy being a part of this body, and I thank God for that. There are other bodies that, uh, you know what I mean, we're all, all the body of Christ. There are other churches that assemble that uh, they need someone to pray for them. And as much as we can rejoice about how good things are here to us, what about them? You know, and I'm not talking about going over there and trying to change them. I'm talking about praying the will of God for them. If you see your brother and he's fallen down, don't you want to, out of the love of God in your own heart, pick them up? Don't you want to do that? Well, you might not be able to reach across and do that physically here, but you can do that through prayer. You can lift them up through prayer and intercession on their behalf. I wonder how many testimonies we're going to hear in heaven of people that we've prayed for that we don't even really know that said, you prayed for me. God showed me, you prayed for me, and this changed in my life. Thank you for praying. We're part of the same body. So there's a place of interceding on behalf of the saints that all of us can enter into, that all of us can take time to enter into. It is spiritual praying that gives birth to spiritual things. Jesus said, what is born of spirit is spirit. And what I'm talking about here is that sometimes we're praying all that we understand that we can pray for situations, and we don't see it change. But you see, when you pray out of your spirit, God, who is a spirit, He can cause something to be born, something to change spiritually. And that spiritual change is what causes a lasting, fruitful change in people's lives. Just take a look at your own life for a moment. There is a point in time when you made Jesus the Lord of your life. And in the Spirit, something changed. And as a result, your life has changed dramatically. But that started spiritually and manifested outwardly from there. 
when we take time to pray for one another, and not just by what we see with our eyes, not just the circumstances, but the spiritual condition of those around us, whether we understand it or not, we can pray in the Spirit. God can show us things, and we can lift one another up and believe good things for one another and see change take place. There's great benefit there. I mean, it's one thing to sow seed in your own, in the, your own field. It's another thing to sow seed in fields around you and watch what comes up there. It's, it's a different thing to see what happens when God answers prayers that you've prayed for other people. It's an amazing thing because when you take time to pray for other people that way, you'll find you also be le- you're led to those people as well. Not specifically individuals, but what I mean is you're more sensitive to how God leads you when you're out and about in the world. Because your thoughts and your focus of your prayer life is not on you, it's on others. And you're more aware of others around you. And the same leading that you experience in prayer, pray this for that person, is the same leading that prompts you to go talk to that other person over there. The the Holy Spirit will work the same way in your life as you live it in the earth as he does in your prayer life. And often we don't see a whole lot going around in our lives here if our prayer life is small and narrow and focused on ourselves. So there's a real place for us to enter into seeing God move in the people around us and in our midst because we've taken the time to pray for one another. So do we know what that looks like? Do we know what that looks like? Like when you go and you start to pray for, you know, just think about even just our own body here and think about what that would look like, what I'm talking about. And you say, Father, I thank you for this body that you placed me in. Like that. Thank him. Lord, I thank you for the people that you've connected me to. They are precious to you. See, I'm still praying with my understanding. But I'm praying for the body. Father, I thank you that you love them and you care for them. They are close to your heart. I thank you for that. Lord, I pray that they would be strong in their faith. Lord, wherever they are at in their faith, that they are strong in faith, that the strength of the Holy Ghost rises within them, wherever they are. Lord, I thank you. You are making yourself more real to them every day. You're causing them to see who you are every day, Lord. Thank you. This is praying for one another with our understanding. But I'm, I'm praying about your spiritual condition. I'm praying about what's going on inside here. And we can all pray together that way. Right? We can all do that. Lord, I thank you so much that no matter what they go through, they have you as the answer. You are their answer in every situation. Lord, you are willing and abounding in their hearts and lives to lead and direct every step that they take. Lord, I thank you for the peace that governs their heart, the joy that fills their heart, Lord. Lord, I thank you. Everything they put their hand to is blessed in the name of Jesus. This is praying for one another. Amen? Amen. But you know, after a while, I'm going to run out of things to say. (laughs) And that's where tongues comes in. And I can still carry on in other tongues. And no harm comes to them in Jesus' name. No harm comes to them in Jesus' name. Se fede yelo so mala sane. Pradiestikile malakolo sovradastos me feva lafrata. And if anyone is suffering with a fever, be gone in Jesus' name. That fever leaves in the name of Jesus. Se fela lebro so conistasa. Peberie paradostoli chodasta. Tariello. And no more concern about your children. No more concern and worry about your kids in Jesus' name. 
Fred, we lift them up, Father. We lift up the children in this house. We say they are taught of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, thank you, thank you. And this is how we pray for one another, in the Spirit. And words might come, things might come as you're praying in the Spirit, like that. You heard those a few examples. But this is how we do this together. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's a great thing. You might find that you've been praying about someone and you come to church and they start talking about what you've been praying about. Hallelujah. Amen. You might come to church and realize that the sermon on Sunday was what you were praying about on Monday. Hallelujah. There are things that take place like that. We begin to realize we are one body. We have the same Holy Spirit living in us. He's not twins. Same Holy Ghost that lives in all of us. Amen. I'd encourage you, take time to pray for each other. Take time to pray for other brothers and sisters in the body elsewhere. Lift them up as well. Hallelujah. Put your own prayer list aside for a moment and take time to pray for somebody else first. That's how God does things. You know what I mean? Love looks to others first before your own needs. And trust God to meet yours. Amen? Amen. Pastor Ann's going to bless us. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And that being said, on Thursdays, when we have Thursday prayer, we don't don't take what everyone has, has given us over the week. They've messaged in the church chat, this is what you need to pray for. I need this prayed for. And then, and then we write, we keep it, we keep track and we, we write a list and we put it on a whiteboard and we pray through the list. We don't do that on Thursday night. That's not something we do. We have definitely have people looking at that, at the prayer requests and praying and, 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 you know, sometimes like, sometimes something will just like, one of the prayer requests will really jump out at me and I might pray differently, or I might pray for something, or I might agree with someone that someone had said, like typed something on the chat about it. I'm like, oh yes, that's the word for that. And and then come in agreement with that. So it's, it's, you know, it's not about a list. It's not about a list. And we can get concerned that it won't get addressed. But let's go, let's go to that. um, uh, We're going to go to Matthew. And I think it's Matthew 9. I'm going to go on my phone. And uh, Matthew 9 and, uh, and, and the verse, first verse. And Pastor Gwen brought it up. I think maybe Pastor Jason brought it up. This is um, where the paralytic is, is uh, lowered into the, into the room where Jesus is. And I, I brought it up yesterday. And, uh, uh, and so Jesus, it starts in Matthew 9, 1, it says, And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought him a sick, a man sick of the palsy, lying on the bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And after he says this, there's people that get up in arms that Jesus didn't do it right. <laughs> He's like, he, did, he said the wrong thing. Jesus said the wrong thing. Let's see what they said about what Jesus said. And behold, certain of the scribes came, uh, said within, within themselves, this man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, wherefore, <laughs> think you evil in your hearts, For whether is it easier to say, thy sins be be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and walk. But ye might know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine own house. And And so he just said this after. Just get up and go. Get up and go. Sometimes when we're praying, we say something strange, and it we don't know where it's coming from. Here, Jesus prayed, and, you know, the man was sick. So you should pray, and, you know, we see the circumstance. He's sick. He's, he needs to be prayed for for healing. 
But not, that was not the root issue, what Pastor Jason was saying. The root issue was a sin issue. And when he was forgiven and knew he, for, he was forgiven, he got up and ran and left and took that bed. Praise the Lord. Pastor Gwen has mentioned when she went to go pray for someone, they were very, very sick. And it turned out the root issue was stealing, like how much? 50 bucks from a wallet. And had terrible, terrible headaches for 50 years. 15, 15, okay, but even still, that's a lot of time. 15 years (laughs) with terrible headaches. But the root issue was just stealing money and not forgiving herself. Sometimes we see what it looks on the outside, and we don't know the real root issue. But the Holy Spirit shows us. He shows us what the issue is. And so many times we get let circumstances distract us from the important things. Oh, you didn't bring this up in prayer. Oh, I ha- mine was on the list, and it didn't get, no one said anything. Or, or... Or they didn't say it how I thought it should be said. Hmm, interesting. Those, those scribes and Pharisees didn't like what Jesus said. But we know he's God. And he says the right thing for the situation. <laughs> and we don't have to wonder. We don't have to know. If you did not hear uh, the messages yesterday, I highly, highly encourage you. They, I so enjoyed yesterday. If I could spend more days like yesterday, I'd be a happy, happy person. <laughs> I'm already a happy, happy person, but I'd add another happy there. <laughs> and, so, and so we're looking at a, a circumstances. We're looking for a change in our circumstances, and that means our prayers are answered. But that's not where our prayers are answered. Our prayers are answered when we believe it. When we believe it. But we're looking for a feeling to confirm so Sister Susie's toe is, is, is bothering her. We add it to our list of prayer requests, and we put it in the list. Everyone's praying for S- Sister Susie's toe, and it's still not getting better. And it, but I feel it's still hurting. And so then she is clinging to that hurt as opposed to clinging to the answer, which is that Jesus healed her. And then she and, and it, Sister Susie's toe is all she deals with all through her life. It, ta- it affects how she decides where she goes and what she does. Oh, I can't walk there. And then when God speaks to her about something, oh, I can't do that because my toe. What about my toe? What about my toe? And that's like, we do that. We do that. It's not a toe, but you have a thing that's the toe. And you're like, but God, what about that? What about this thing? What about this thing? What about this thing? And then it hinders, and we can't do what Pastor Jason was talking about, praying for others. If we would just look up. It, you know, it, it, Jesus, when he said, he's like, you know, you're, you're worried about your clothes. You're worried about your food. You're worried about this. How much more does your father love you? Look up. Is what he says. He says, look up. Look up out of where you are. I like, what, I, I like that image that um, Bethany gave us about looking through like a telescope or a kaleidoscope. Because you're looking, you can't look down when you've got that. Don't you see when everybody does, they, they get it up and they, they look up? They're looking for it and, they're, and it's always pretty in there. And, they're, they're all, <laughs> and they look up at, to something to see. We need to look up. Because when you look down, there's things. I could look down. I can look down. I can tell you. I can give you a list. I can li- give you a list of things. There's a list of things. I'm sure you have a list of things. You do. You know. My ceiling's not, you know, but it's getting repaired. But that was a pretty big thing. Some things are big. Some things are small. But there's things. There's things. You're going to go where you look. You're going to go in the direction you're looking. I don't know if you've done that when you're driving. You see, well, I've, 
Well, have you seen something? You're like, oh, look at that. And all of a sudden you have to correct. <laughs> I see when you're driving, your focus needs to be on the road. <laughs> you, and you, or you're going where you're looking. And it's the same thing with um, on, the, on, the, on the water when you're sailing. And, and it's harder there because there's no, not, no lines. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it can be a little bit more challenging until you get the hang of it that you can't look right in front of you when you're, sa you're sailing the boat because you're just going to go like this. You're going to overcorrect all the time. You go that way. Okay, I'm, I'm pointing to that mountain, that crest. That's where I'm going. And I look up that way. Mm -hmm. Down the road. Down the road. Because where you are, and you know what, there's going to be things next, you drive 200 feet, 200 meters, two different, different things. Different things right there. Dead cat, you know. <laughs> Something that wants to distract you. And circumstances try to move us, but we want to be moved by what God says. And we can't be moved by what God says if we're looking constantly at our circumstances. And we're looking at what the thing is. The thing is that's bothering, the toe that's, that's aching and saying things to you. So, bigger than a toe. Yes. And later on in that chapter, and it says it quite a lot in the Gospels, that Jesus was moved with compassion. Not because he was looking at his own situation, but because he was looking at what was out there. And it, he was moved with compassion every time said oh i see what's going on here and he knew exactly how to be what they needed to him to be for them and he was moved he see the crowds and you can't see the crowds if he was looking at you know what i've got this thing to do and it's pretty important you guys can fend for yourself i've got this big thing that i've got that god's called me to do and i'm going to do it and you can just go fend for yourself. No. No. He went. It's like, I've, I've got this big, I've got this thing I've got to do. Never, never, never would your thing, thing be more important than going to over to someone that needed prayer. That's his heart. Jesus' heart for this world is going into it and getting those people out. He was moved with compassion, not by circumstances. And many times we'll go to the screamiest child, the screamiest baby, the screamiest problem, and we'll think that that's the problem to go to. He was paralyzed. That's a big problem. He couldn't walk. He couldn't do anything for himself. That wasn't the biggest problem. The sin was the biggest problem. Could deal with the healing, and he could have went away, but he would still have the sins. But Jesus took care of those. He took care of the root problem. And we have the ability, as we're talking about answers, to know root problems, to find the root issues. And we can, and it's so good to go, and we're, and we're going to, you know, we're doing. We're going to be increasing our ministry to the uh, how we do ministry. We're gonna. We're gonna have to. We need answers about that. I don't know what that completely looks like, about going to go like we've been doing, the uh, the the ministry to the the families at Christmas time and giving them the Christmas dinners and the and the and the gifts, but hardship happens all the time, and we're looking at how we can how we can help people throughout the year. I mean, we could throw money at the problem. We could throw food at that. We could, you know, there's, the th there's people out there that are doing that. But there's an answer. There's an answer that God has for us to help them, to bring them up out of their circumstances so they can also, too, look up. When you're standing there and you're, oh, you're looking, look at that eagle up there. So cool. I love to look at eagles. You're looking at an eagle. Someone joins you. Where are they going to look? They're going to be looking at what you're looking at. 
because you're looking at the eagle. You're, you're going, wow, look at that. That's so amazing. And then you're like, well, what's so amazing? What are you looking at? And they look with you and they're like, wow, that's amazing. That's so great. Us looking up helps others look up. And that is the biggest thing that you can do. To look at our God, our mighty God. Wow, greater than an eagle. <laughs> the things that he has done. The things that he's going to do. The things that we're going to see. The things that we have seen. So great to look at that. Other people will want to look at it too. Invite them. Look up. Share what, God, what, what, what you're looking up. It, it's worth sharing to other people. And there's something that you have to share with them. There is always something. And I loved Bruce. He gave it an, an example of himself. And that's happened to me. Where you get something and you just don't know what to do with it. But God will show you. He'll show you. And every time we have an answer, what do we do? We pray. We pray. And we pray. And we continue to pray. We continue to pray. God's, you know what? I haven't been like mm, praying in tugs for 15 minutes and then he, he gives me an answer at work. No, I haven't had to pray for 15 minutes in tongues to get an answer at work. I've been at work and he said, God says, do this. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And it's so easy. It's so easy. And it makes life easier when you listen to him. There's ways, that, like wherever you are and whatever you're doing in your work, in your, in your family, there's a way you've been witnessing and it's been not going well. There's a way. And there's a thing that you can say that will help them. And we know, we, we pray, you know, to send laborers into the field, you know, that's, you know, that's not me. But it can be you. It can be you. But you're not looking at them at the circumstance. You're looking up to your Lord. And they're going to have to come and look too. They ha you know, it's just what people do. And we can change things by instead of having a little circle looking around at the problem, everybody be looking up. And when you see more people looking up, it's what the other people are going to do because you're going to look at the exciting thing. And he is exciting. Hallelujah. So don't let feelings and circumstances confirm what you're praying about. That's my, that's my, if I could leave you with that. We pray till it's done, Pastor Jason said before, when you feel you're at peace, and you don't have to go back there again. It's done. You know, if God says, oh, could you know, just pray a little more. You could do that, but you don't have to look for a feeling of, like, electricity <laughs> to know that it's done. I don't know. Have, do you feel electricity, Pastor Gwen, every time it's done? I know I don't. Any pastor feel electricity when it's all done? I don't. We're not looking for a feeling. Jesus said it was finished, and he was feeling mighty bad. So we can go by what his word says and not by a feeling and a circumstance. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, hallelujah. Take this off. You can actually hear me. There we go. Praise the Lord. Um, turn to Matthew. Matthew 11. That's Mark, not Matthew. That was Matthew 12. So I have some testimonies first. As, as uh, Pastor Jason and Pastor Anne have been talking, when um, back before God got a hold of me at the end of 2012, I had real issues with selfishness and thinking about myself and all this kind of stuff. And so the beginning of 2013, as I was starting, I mean, my, my life was a mess, and we'll just leave it at that. And uh, 
as I was starting to feel, so, as I'd have moments where I start to feel selfish for my, uh, like just bad about myself and things that I had done and all that kind of stuff. And the Lord would always give me somebody to, to pray for in those moments. And it was one of the greatest and most wonderful things that he ever taught me is that, you know, if, if you're starting to feel bad about yourself or about your situation or about something like that, stop and ask God for somebody to pray about. It takes you out. It when, you, when you start to look beyond yourself, it takes you out of the situation that you are spiraling down in with the situation and helps you get perspective because you get God's perspective. So take those moments when you're feeling, feeling, oh, woe is me. Oh, woe is me. Ask God, and he'll take you out. Amen? Oh, praise God. And then the other testimony, um, when, uh, when I was growing up, we would go to the specific uh, um, park, uh, camp, um, uh, no, uh, campground. There we go. Thank you. Campground. Uh, growing up every summer with uh, with all my family and uh, with all of our friends. So like there would be like six to eight families, and we'd all go on vacation together at the same time. And it was called Paradise Beach Resort, and it was in Parksville. So if you've ever been in the Parksville Bay, when it completely the tide goes really all the way out, and you go all the way out to the water's edge, um, you're at least a mile away from the shore. From, so Parksville Bay was literally a bay. It was a, a, a full semicircle, and Paradise Beach Resort was right dead center, the farthest in at the point. So you had your points here. Parksville, um, Paradise Beach Resort, the access to it was right there. And um, you would, it was up a big cliff, like a good 15, well, probably... <laughs> Probably more like 30 or 40 feet. You had you had, there was walkways up to to Paradise Beach Resort where we would stay each summer, and so the beach was down, and then you'd have to go up to get back into Paradise Beach Resort. So when you went out, and we we spent all of our days on the beach, just playing in the water, playing in the sand, playing with the rocks, playing under the rocks, playing over the rocks, playing just we spent the whole time out there, and when we when it was time to come back, we were starting to get hungry, and we started to come back. You turn around, and you're out of, at, at the, uh, the edge of the, the ocean. You, you couldn't see where the access point to Paradise Beach Resort was. If you, looked at, if you looked at the level on the ground, on the beach, you could not see the access. Even that's where the access was. You could not see where it was. You were so far out. But what our parents showed us is if you looked up, there was a tree, very tall tree that wasn't down on the ground. It was up in Paradise Beach Resort, and it had a crooked top. And it was so tall that it was above all the other trees. You could see that from anywhere in the bay. And you could walk, and you, just, you, you kept your eye on that tree, looking up at the, the top of that tree, and it would take you right to the access to Paradise Beach Resort. Amen? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. Matthew 11, verses 28, 29, and 30. And I'm going to read from the Amplified. And I'm not going to drop my phone. Awesome. So we'll just read all the way through it here. It says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. I will, I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, which means meek, and humble, which means lowly in heart. And you will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. And I actually looked up the Greek word rest, and it does say right in the definition, recreation. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. For my yoke is wholesome. 
which means useful and good. It's not harsh. It's not hard. It's not sharp, so it doesn't press into you. And it's, nor is it pressing, but it is comfortable. It is gracious, and it is pleasant. And my burden is light and easy to be borne. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you're thinking, well, what does this have to do with prayer? And we've kind of already touched on, on this a, a bit. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened. Are you taking on something that God doesn't want you to take on? Because when you take something on that God doesn't want you to take on, you feel heavy, like you're having to drag it around. And you just can barely move it around. And you're having to pull it around all over the place. And you, you just and your legs are starting to shake because they're so weak because you're trying to drag it around and it's heavy. And heavy. Oh, so heavy. Oh, so heavy. <laughs> it says, I will cause you to rest. If we're taking on those burdens that God doesn't want us to take on, they get in the way of us hearing God. And if you can't hear God when he's wanting you to pray about something, yet you're thinking about these burdens that you're having to carry around and take care of and nurture and, and pat and make sure they're okay. It takes your focus of what, off of what God is actually wanting you to do. It gets in the way of you hearing God because it becomes your focus. I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in 2006, around March of 2006. And it became my identity. It became that burden that I carried around all over the place in my life. I spent time on the internet learning about it and reading about people's experiences about it and what I can expect in it and all of this kind of stuff. It became this bur it became my, it was so much it became my identity. And it got me away from what God was actually wanting me to do. It became my focus. I got anxious about it. I, got, I, I just, I spent time nurturing it as opposed to spending time with God. But Jesus says here, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. In the, in the King James, it says, I will give you rest. It's time to accept it. Amen. It's time to accept that rest. He wants to give it to you. Take it. Take it. And if you're, if, if, if you're, to take it. If you're wanting to learn more about rest, we can't go through it now. Read the first five chapters of Hebrews. It talks about true rest in Jesus. Because rest isn't sitting on a couch all day in Jesus. And eating bonbons and chips and crackers. Yeah, yeah, Pastor Quinn says you'll grow, but the wrong way. <laughs> Rest in Jesus is not sitting down and doing nothing. Rest in Jesus, and I'm putting a whole lot into a very big nutshell here. Rest in Jesus is living in his peace all the time, regardless of what he's wanting to, you to do or um, whatever's going on in your life. That is rest in Jesus. You don't stop doing what Jesus wants you to do. You just have peace doing it. You don't let the circumstances weigh you down like that heavy burden that said in, in the Amplified. Amen? I will cause you to rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. 
take time to learn of him. Then when you understand somebody, you're able to communicate better with them. You're able to understand what they say to you when you spend time and learn about them. Have you ever asked Pastor Ann to talk about her relationship with, with Ari? The time that they get to spend together, they get to learn and learn about each other, and, and then they get closer because you spend time together talking with each other, learning about each other. Then you're able to communicate better. And what is prayer? Communication. Communication with God. It's talking with God. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. <laughs> Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle, which also means meek. So I, there's a lot of people that say what meek is. So I thought, well... I'll go back to the 1828 Noah Webster's Dictionary that actually defines it based on biblical things. And it says, mild of temper, soft, gentle, not easily provoked or irritated. <laughs> Yielding, given to forbearance under injuries. They even use examples from the Bible in, in, this, in this dictionary. It's so awesome. Now, the man of Moses was very meek above all men. Numbers 12, 13, uh, 12 3. <laughs> then the second definition is appropriately humble in an evangelical sense. Submissive, submissive to the divine will. Not proud or self-sufficient or refractory. Not peevish. I don't even know what that means. And apt to complain of divine dispensations. That's what meek means. That's what Jesus is. And when Jesus is on the inside of us, that's what we are. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When we come to him and we learn of him, we find rest. We clear the air. We get rid of that yoke that's so heavy that it's, that it's weighing us down and, and taking us off of what he has us to do then we can hear him clearer because we get to talk with him, communicate with him. And then we walk in his rest. And your capacity increases. So you see you're doing more, but you're at more rest, but you're doing more, and you're hearing him more, you're understanding him more, you're having a more powerful prayer life, you're un and you're getting more revelation and understanding, but you're doing more because you've got his yoke on you because it's light, and you're at his rest. Amen? Praise God. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327. Or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139, 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1.